Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Mike. <laughs> morning, yeah. Uh, I'm Mike Rutledge. I'm the Director of Arts, one of the teachers here. And I just want to tell you that I am uh, really, really excited uh, that you have decided to spend this time here this morning. I believe that God uh, has something really significant to say to you. And, and not because, um, you know, I've prepared an amazing message or anything. I don't mean that. I just mean that God, I believe um, God is always wanting to talk with us. And when we intentionally come together in a time like this and we open our minds and our, our ears up to hearing from him, I believe we increase our ability to hear his voice. And so I believe right now God has something to say to you. So I'm hoping that, that uh, you walk away today changed with some, some, something that God has laid on your heart. So uh, that said, we, we started a new series last week. Dave Nelson gave a message. Uh, we're called the series Launch, and Dave talked about launching forward in growth. And he, he looked at how, uh, as humanity, uh, we can, can live on the, we need to be living on the words uh, of, of God. And uh, like, it, it, we should have a steady diet of, of God's word in our lives. And then he took, uh, those of you who are here, he took you all through this soap journaling process where uh, you were able to uh, get a methodology to sit with God's word and start a process of how can you understand what God is saying uh, on your own. And so I want, if you were here last week and you've been started that process, I encourage you to continue that. If you're like, I have no idea about the soap, come talk to one of us. We can help you with that. But uh, that's what that was last week. And this week, we're talking about forward in, in faith, launching forward in faith. Now, now faith is a little interesting because uh, with faith comes risk, Right? If there's no risk, there's no faith. You're just, that's just a to-do list. If I do these things, this will happen. And so faith requires risk. And if we're all honest with ourselves, we don't all love risk. Some people are less adverse to risk, and some people kind of are a little more open to, to uh, you know, risking. But uh, the truth is we don't, we don't all love it. The definition, incidentally, of faith uh, from from you know, d dictionary.com or Webster is just faith or belief in someone or something without necessarily having the logical proof in front of you, right? That's faith. And uh, I want to show you something that's really interesting. Uh, my wife and I had been married about two years. This is back in uh, like 1996. I opened a uh, I started a studio, my uh, recording studio, and uh, that's a whole story unto itself. But um, I built the studio around a Mac computer. And up until that point, I mean, I, I'd, I'd used them before, but I never really owned one or used it, like, robustly. And I got this Mac computer, and it took me about 15 minutes to realize this is life. I've been missing out on life until this. And this is an amazing experience. And so I'm talking to my wife, and I'm like, you know what, Suze, we, what we should do is I think we should uh, actually um, put $1,000 buy $1,000 worth of stock in, in Apple. And that was 1996. Well, look at, look at this. By 1998, you can see that my faithfulness and risk paid off by the stock being worth a negative $588 <laughs> two years later. Uh, but fast forward, it gets a little bit better. Five years later, January of 01, it's worth negative $66. So we're moving in the right direction. But check this out. At the 10-year mark, it, that $1,000 was worth $8,000, and it had surpassed both IBM and Microsoft. That's pretty good. 
All right. January, did I skip one here? Nope. Yeah, January, uh, January of 11, that $1,000 was now worth $39,000. And then let's go to July of 2015, that $1,000 was worth $117,000. So let me tell you something very important for you to hear. Do not take financial advice from me. We did not buy that stock. <laughs> Great idea, though, huh? See, but I'm just, we talked, and I'm like, I don't know. Do we really have $1,000? What if we lose it? See, I was adverse to risk. I didn't have faith, really, because there was no action behind it. <laughs> and today, I'm kind of a little upset at my lack of faith, as you might imagine. I'm guessing my wife is, too. But anyway, uh, I'll see someone about that. They can help me with that problem. Anyway, Scripture, though, says the same thing that Dictionary.com says. And we find it in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, where it says that, Faith is the substance of what you hope for without the evidence. Faith is what you hope for without being able to see it, right? And uh, it's interesting because we do admire risk takers and those people who put faith in things. I mean, the Olympics just kicked off and people go there with the faith that they can win. And you, you look at the risk that they're willing to take, like the ski jump stuff. The, the, the world record, by the way, for ski jump is 821 feet. They're flying through the air. Okay, that is risk, and they're putting their faith in their, that, that, that their coach taught them the right way to land so they don't blow their legs out, and that their equipment's going to hold up, and all that kind of stuff. The luge, this one's always interesting to me. Uh, you get on these little metal sleds, and you try and go fast down ice, and the world record is over 100 miles an hour on those things. And, you know, I'm watching the luge. It's interesting. I'm watching the Olympics, and they go, ooh, his left toe turned in. And he gets to the end. Yep, he lost by 89 trillionths of a second. I'm like, what? You know, I, he didn't die. That's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, anyway, but these people, we admire this because they have faith in what they're doing and, and they're willing to risk because they have that faith. And maybe you're like me where you've looked around at your friends and acquaintances and you've seen that guy, you know, that, that guy and you're like, you know, that guy's got it figured out. I, you know, I, I want to have faith like him. How, how, do, how do I get that kind of faith? And what's interesting, that's not just unique to us. See, there's a whole chapter in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, that is dedicated to celebrating. It's called the Hall of Faith, and it just lists person after person who scripturally lived a life of faith. Uh, it talks about Abel gave a more pleasing sacrifice. And, and then it talks about Noah who built an, uh, a big boat in the desert. And then you have Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and, and, and Joseph. And then you have, uh, remember Moses, right? He, <laughs> the Red Sea parts, he's like, hey, we should walk between these huge walls of water, right? So he actually demonstrated his faith. Because faith, unlike my $1,000 faith, has action attached to it or it's not faith, right? And it talks about these people who had significant faith and what they did to demonstrate it. Here, here's what faith actually looks like in humanity. So uh, there was an Olympic archer who was putting on a demonstration. His name was Daryl Pace. He's in New York City's uh, Central Park. And he's putting on this uh, archery 
uh, demo, and it was getting news coverage, and all the people were gathering around to watch, a bunch of people watching this amazing thing, and so he's, he's shooting steel-tipped hunting arrows into these, uh, you know, targets and hitting the bullseye, hitting bullseye, just without miss. He kept hitting the bullseye, and then he decided it was time to really take it up a notch. So he got the ABC News correspondent to, he said, the guy's name is Josh Howell, he says, Josh, hold this apple in front of the bullseye. And then he marched off to 30 yards, pulled his bow, drew and thwack, blew up the apple and, and you know, hit it right in, the, right in the bullseye. Beautiful shot. Funny part of the story, the cameraman comes up after and he says, hey Josh, had a little bit of trouble. Uh, Problem with the viewfinder, I didn't catch that. We're going to need to do it again, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, but here's the question I have for you about that scenario. All the fans, all the news people, everyone that was there, who had faith in the archer? The guy who would hold the apple. Everyone else was just a spectator. Only the person who was willing to hold the apple actually had the faith. And so today, I want to take a look at what it means for us to launch forward in faith as it relates to our spiritual relationship with God. And I want to do this by focusing on a passage, Colossians chapter 2, just a couple verses, 6 and 7, and it reads like this. It says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. So quick thing, I just want to say, after we read that, we had these cards that they were handing out when you were coming in. If you didn't grab one, you need this today. We're going we're to do something at the end. If you don't have one, can you just raise your hand? Don't be, don't be ashamed. Make sure you get one of these and something to write with because we're going to go through an exercise at the end. And uh, by the way, those are my four points. So you'll, I've just given that away. So anyway, the first thing is this. And you read it in verse 6. He says, Therefore, as you have received Christ... Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. The first thing we need to do is we need to walk. Now, it's interesting. I'll tell you a story. I have two older brothers and a younger sister. My oldest brother, uh, is, his name's Doug. Um, and so he went to college and he graduated. And then after graduating, he just knew that God was, uh, wanted him to be in ministry. And so he took a job as a youth pastor at a church in Miami, and he was there for a few years, and then he moved back up to, the, to Lansing, uh, East Lansing area in, uh, in Michigan. Uh, took a job there at a large growing church. Then after a few years there, he just was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I believe God wants me to do something else. And so he moved. He, he actually quit his job, and he moved to a, a rural part of Michigan, like farm country. And he bought a farm. And he started an organization called Crossroads Farms. Now, Crossroads Farms, what his vision was, and he had no money, he had to raise all the funding to support this. He, he didn't, it, and so he had to go seek people who would get on board with his vision. And, and this, this uh, organization is still around today doing an amazing work in rural Michigan. His vision was 
to provide training for youth ministers that were at small churches. Maybe they have six or seven because it's rural. So there were people, six or seven kids in their youth uh, program. And so he trained those people. He's written a curriculum and he brings them in and he has these, these uh, every, every three months he has these big blowout events where all of these uh, churches come together with their youth groups and they have hundreds of people doing these big events. And it's just an amazing ministry. But I was talking to him one day uh, probably 10 years ago and the ministry had not even received or been achieved the level of, of success that it's at today and uh, I said to him hey Doug I just have a question for you um, at what point do you feel like you, 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 you conquered faith, like you had faith figured out. Because whole, this whole thing is based on the faith of people who are going to support him and, and that God was calling him to do this thing. And I said, what, at what point did you feel like you had that all figured out? And his answer was not what I thought he was going to say, but actually very revolutionary. What he said to me was, well, Mike, as best I can figure it out, I figure out faith every morning. When I get up and I ask God for the things I need him to provide, and he comes through. And I realized in that moment that what was happening in my life is I thought of faith as a checklist, and he described it as a lifestyle. Wildly different approaches. And it revolutionized my own experience. So if we're going to learn to launch forward in faith, we have to adopt a lifestyle of walking daily in it. And I want to show you in that verse, he says, Therefore, as you've received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. The first part of that is, as you have received. Now, how did you receive? Well, anyone who receives Christ, what you need to know, obviously, we only receive Christ as Ephesians 2 8 says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Not of your own working. Don't brag about that. You had no part in it. That's the, that's the MRB micro version, okay? <laughs> Understand that you received your salvation through God's grace, and all you did is believe in him. And that's a universal principle for all of us. And so when he says to the Colossians to Continue to walk as you received. What is he saying? Well, Augustine says it this one. I love this. God does not expect us to submit our faith to him without reason, but the very limits of our reason make faith a necessity. So you could spend the rest of your life trying to figure this out in your head and you'll never get there because our reason is more limited than our ability to have faith in a God who's infinite. And so, this, this is interesting too. I don't know, uh, an African impala can jump and cover 30 feet, more than 30 feet in one jump at a height of 10 feet. But you can keep an impala in a pen in the zoo with a three-foot wall. You know why? Because an impala won't jump to a place where it can't see where its feet are going to land. It doesn't have faith. And it's really interesting because faith is our ability to trust what we cannot see. And with faith, we're freed from these flimsy three-foot walls that keep us penned in. So let's talk about this. How did the church in Colossae actually receive him initially? Well, they realized that they can't do it on their own, that they're utterly helpless. 
And that's true of us. We can't save ourselves. We're utterly helpless. We're completely dependent on something other than us. And that something other than us is God. You cannot earn it. Like we just said in Ephesians 2, it's only through grace and faith. You can't earn it by your good works. And George Mueller says this. This is so fantastic. Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. See, faith is the belief that I can't do it, but something else can. And when you're talking spiritually, you're talking about God. God can do what you cannot. He's not making up the difference. He's doing it all. And you're saying thank you. That's a huge difference. So you put your faith in him. That's how you receive him, by trusting him fully and not trusting in yourself. So he says, as you've received it, walk. How did you receive it? Completely dependent. So walk in complete dependence. How did you receive it? You were unable to earn it. Don't start trying to earn it now. How did you receive it? In faith. Continue to live in faith. That's how you walk. That's the every morning getting up before God and saying, this is what I need and trusting that God is going to do it. An interesting parallel passage in Ephesians 4 says this, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul speaking, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Well, what is a manner worthy of the calling? Well, when we understand that Christ's death was the very action that gave us the ability to receive his grace, that's a high cost. We should walk in a manner that honors his death. And my behavior is in response to his death, to live a life that honors his death, not to earn something. I walk in a manner worthy of that which I've already received through him. And then, do you realize God has created each and every single one of us in this room as a unique creation? And many of us need to walk before God into the fullness of who he created us to be. And we can only do that when we walk in faith, trusting on him and him alone, as opposed to looking at what everyone else is doing and trying to act like that. You get rid of your uniqueness and God's ability to work through you in the very design he created you with is gone. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling. That's the first thing. The second thing is, though, you have to dig. It's, it goes on and says, as you received Christ Jesus Lord, so walk in him. And then he says, having been firmly rooted. Who's a gardener out there? <laughs> I don't even want to see your houses then. <laughs> Terrible. My wife lives, I can't stand it either. But uh, So if you are a gardener, if you were a gardener, what you would know is that in order to have a nice garden, you have to dig down so that the roots can get established, right? If you buy a flat of stuff and you throw it in the dirt, it's going to die, right? Because it doesn't take root. The roots are the anchor of the plant. It keeps it from blowing all around and being tumbleweed, which is no good except for Western movies, right? And so 
Once the plant is anchored, it stays in place. And then it's also the lifeblood of the plant because what happens as the roots go into the dirt and the soil, it's the nutrients are absorbed in through the roots and up into the leaves and the flowers and all that kind of stuff. And it has life. And it's interesting too, biologists have just learned uh, they've discovered that the intera- there's an interaction between the root system and the soil where the roots uh, actually secrete compounds into the microorganisms of, of the soil. And, and by this interaction of what the roots are sending out, uh, it allows better absorption of nutrients and it also prevents disease and some of those kind of things. So there's actually... Uh, an interaction that happens. And so all this agricultural talk, so let me just get a little more specific here. See, why is he saying this? Because Colossi uh, was, let me give you a little background. I say this all the time too. Uh, one of the greatest favors you can do for yourself when you're trying to read God's word and understand it is understand the context in which it's written in. Okay, so this was written to the church in Colossae about 61 AD. Now, Colossae uh, is in uh, modern-day Turkey in this uh, mountainous pass called called the Lycus Valley, and it's a very, very fertile area. So when he's using this language of, you know, agricultural language, they get it, right? And, but at 61 AD is probably about when Paul wrote this to them. And uh, before, before that time, they, uh, Colossae had been a populace of uh, commerce, in the, kind of the center of commerce, but then other cities came in. And, and just post-61 AD, they, they were no longer that, that populace of, of commerce. Um, but in 61 AD, a devastating earthquake obliterated Colossae, and they had to rebuild. And by the 8th century, Colossae was actually... Uh, abandoned. And so, um, but what's happening as he's writing this is um, it's just kind of this town that was producing some, some, you know, this shiny wool and some stuff like that. And, but in the religious, the church that had been established there uh, was in threat or, or being threatened by encroaching heresies. These false teachings that were being try- people were trying to press into the church and push this stuff into the teachings of the church, and it involved like Jewish legalism, and it involved like uh, Eastern mysticism, and like Greek speculation, asceticism, and uh, yeah, like denial of the body as a practice, and worship of angels, and dietary regulations, and ritual observances, and hidden knowledge, and all this. It is all this stuff, and they're just trying to jam it into like. Yeah, you, you know, you, I know you got Jesus, but this is what you really need, <laughs> right? That's what's, and that's threatening the church. And you can see this as you read through because Paul directly addresses all of these different things that are trying to take the church out. And uh, you see, so I read 6 and 7, verse 8 says this. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Again, his point is, you've begun to walk, now get your roots into the right stuff. If you get rooted in junk, you don't have a healthy plant. And so he's trying to warn them. I love this verse. It says, it's again another parallel uh, passage we find in Ephesians. And he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. 
Now, what does he say in there? Be rooted and grounded in love so that you can comprehend and know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. Again, don't try and figure it all out. It's too big. And all of this happens, as he says, through faith. Rooted in God's word. There's, if you're not rooting yourself in God's word, you have no measure with which to analyze, is this what God is calling me to or not? You have to be rooting yourself. And Dave talked about, this is that soap journal. Spend time praying to God. Spend time reading his word on your own. Spend time in small groups with other Christians who can help move you in the direction and check and balance your ideas that you think God may be saying. Very, very important to be rooted in good soil so that the plant is healthy. And I'm saying that spiritually. So first you have to walk, then you have to dig, then you build. He goes on to say, and now being built up in him, established in your faith. And the way we begin building up our faith is by taking active steps of faith in God. Holding the apple, investing the thousand dollars, This is a, I, I came across this letter when I was studying. This is really interesting. This letter was found in a baking powder can that was wired to the handle of an old pump uh, that, that offered hope of drinking water on a very long and seldom used trail across Nevada's Armagosa Desert, okay? And just for point of reference, the Funeral Mountains, you, you kind of get it already, the Funeral Mountains and Death Valley ran along the west of this trail. So water may be kind of important, right? So this is what the note read. This pump is all right as of June 1932. I put a new sucker washer into it, and, uh, and it ought to last five years, but the washer dries out, and the pump has got to be primed. Under the white rock, I buried a bottle of water out of the sun and the cork end up. There's enough water in it to prime the pump, but not if you drink some first. Pour out about one-fourth and let her soak the, weather, uh, the leather wet. Then pour in the rest, medium fast and pump like crazy. You'll get water. The well has never run dry. Have faith. When you get watered up, fill the bottle and put it back like you found it for the next feller. Signed, Desert Pete. P.S. Don't go drinking the water first. Prime the pump with it and you get all the water you can hold. This is how faith works spiritually. <laughs> you know, it's also the great, the, 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 the com conflict in every movie thing, right? The guy, should I do this? Should I trust this guy? Or, you know, that's how it works. And the faith step is, I could just take this little bit of water and satisfy myself for now. <laughs> but my faith has not grown. So you will be stuck. I want you to hear this very clearly. You will be stuck where you are in terms of your faith and you will never move forward until you take an active step in faith towards Jesus. You hear him calling you to do something. If you don't do it, your faith will not grow. And sometimes, like we said, faith involves what? Risk. And you've got to be willing to risk for Jesus once you've been grounded in his word and begun the walk with him to take that next step. And every time you take a step your faith increases. And here's what's interesting. Every decision you make is a faith decision. Either faith in God 
or faith in something else. And it's your choice. Being built up in him and established in faith. Then the fourth thing is, first we walk, then we dig, then we build, and then we appreciate. It says, and overflowing with gratitude. The result of faith is gratitude. This is a, a process that we go through. And here's what I want to encourage you. Maybe some of us need to do a gratitude or an appreciation check. You know what I'm saying? You see, and I, I just, let me just really quickly follow that statement up with another statement. I know that some people, some of you here today, are in pretty tough times. I, I understand that. I, I, that's not the case for me right now, but I get it. Some people are in some really tough ways, and I want to encourage you not to let yourself off the hook, but really dive into finding things to be grateful for. It could be, do you have a place to live? Be grateful. Be appreciative of that. Understand that God is providing for you. Maybe it's people that you have in your life. I have this friend. This friend is there for me. I'm thankful, God, that you gave that person to me. Maybe it's, hey, God, thanks for the time I had with Grandpa. Maybe it's a job you have, or maybe it's food, clothing, laughter, something that you love doing. Like, I feel like, sometimes I feel like God created music for me. <laughs> I'm so appreciative when I turn on the radio. I, I don't think I'm ever in, I'll get up in the morning, turn on the radio, and Susie's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean, what am I doing? That's what you do. You turn on music. <laughs> why, why would you not turn on music when you can turn on music? <laughs> Maybe it's just something to hope for. Maybe it's for people that you can help. Or maybe it's a church to attend. Purpose. If we dig down deep enough and we really want to transform our brain, we've got to begin by understanding that God has given us these things and we return by being grateful for every gift he's given us. Because the opposite of that is being entitled. You know, you start to feel like God's ripped me off. How come this guy, how come God did this for this guy? How come God won't do this for me? And that's when we fall into Colossians 2, 8, where the, 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 the uh, empty deception, the tradition of man and the tradition of this world, we start to trust that. No, no the human way is better than God's way because God's holding out on me as though he, God, God owes us something. And if you're having a rough time being grateful, it's likely that you need to go back and revisit walking, digging, or building. Because something's not allowing you to see that God is the sole provision for your life. And here's what's cool, though. This works in reverse as well. When you can reprogram your brain and your heart to be grateful, you can watch your attitude change and your faith grow and your roots become healthy and maybe you will again walk in a way in which you received him. So here's what I want to do as we close out this morning. I'm going to have the band come forward, and we're going to, in just a minute, we're going to do some worship. But first, I want to give you guys just, a, just a, some time to reflect. And you've got this card. And we're just going to give you a few minutes here to sit and work through this. And here's what I want you to do. You maybe, don't, don't, 
take this home. You won't have enough time to fill this card. I sat down. I'm like, oh, well, I don't have time. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about something here. This card has the verse. Start by reading that verse. And then when we're done, you have walk, dig, build, and appreciate. Maybe one of those areas is something where you feel like God is prompting you to put an action step to for your next step of faith into him. If it's walking, I'll just tell you this, if you've never received Christ for the first time, you will not be able to walk in him. And so we have a prayer team over here that will be, would love to, don't, do not leave if you take that first step and I say, I want to receive Christ for the first time. Do not leave without talking to someone about that, but write that down. Jesus, I want to receive you into my life and start walking with you. Maybe you're realizing that you're not walking with him lately. You know how that happens, right? Or maybe you've gone back to trying to earn his favor or his grace in your life. Maybe you're trying to figure it out rather than taking faith steps and you're not walking that way. Maybe you're not even walking in the fullness of who he's created you to be because you're looking around at everyone else trying to be like them. Or digging, maybe you need to get rooted if you're not doing soap journal or if spending time in his word, if you're not praying, if you're not surrounding yourself with other people who are going to check and balance and help guide you into a more godly lifestyle, maybe that's a place where you can dig in a little bit. Or building, maybe you're not fully, tr fully trusting God in your actions or you're not willing to hold that apple. <laughs> That could be finances. Maybe you're like, God, I just don't believe in the tithe thing. I'm not going to do it. I just don't have enough money. I don't believe your word to be faithful. Maybe you need to take a step there. Maybe it's a relationship you have where you know you've got to invite God into this because something's not right. And you're, you're afraid of the result. Maybe it's an attitude that you don't, you're not willing to trust God in leading you through. You're some, a behavior you're not willing to change. Just listen to God. He'll point it out to you. Put an action step next to it. Or maybe it's just beginning a practice of, of, of appreciation and gratitude for what God has done for you. And so here's what we're going to do as we close. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to guide each and every one of us. Because like I said at the beginning, he wants to talk to you this morning. And then we're going to give you a few minutes to just sit and try and hear from God and put action so that you can launch forward in faith. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we are ever in debt. There's nothing we can do to pay you back. Everything we have is yours and you've given it to us and we receive it with grateful hearts. And I pray right now in this moment you would speak to us what do you want us to hear? And when we hear it, we ask that you would humble us to write it down, take an action step, and grow ever deeper into our relationship faith with you. We love you. Amen.